Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Zach Efron, and you're listening to The Stupid Cancer Show. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <laughs> Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Because he has a lot of chutzpah. <laughs> Hello there, children. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And now, the hosts of the Stupid Cancer Show, Lisa Bernhard and Matthew Zachary. Woohoo! Monday, February 27th, 2012. Welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adult cancer. I am Matthew Zachary, a 16-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer. And I'm Lisa Bernhardt, 16-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we're your host for the Stupid Cancer Show. It's not okay. Not okay. That 72,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer each and every year. So, got cancer? Under 40? Sucks, huh? Time to get busy living, folks, because the Stupid Cancer Show is changing the world one chemo infusion at a time. All right, tonight's show, we call it Peace, Love, and Collaboration. Why do we call it that? Why do we call it that, Matthew? I don't know. I love the best. (laughs) (laughs) All right, joining us tonight in studio, we are very excited, A.J. Jacobs, editor-at-large at at Esquire Magazine and the author of Drop Dead Healthy, One Man's Humble Quest for Bodily Perfection, and boy, did his... Does his body look perfect? The body of a goddess. Oh, man. Wow. And you know him, you love him. Johnny Emmerman, young adult survivor, testicular cancer. What do you like to call him, Matthew? One ball. One ball wonder. Founder of Emmerman Angels, returning champ. And also in studio, very exciting, in our survivor spotlight, Jacqueline Sable. She's a young adult brain tumor survivor. The Stupid Cancer Show is a production of the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation online at stupidcancer.org, 24-7, 365. We are not, not your father's cancer society, but we are bringing the cause of cancer. Thank you, Lisa. Bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs. So welcome to another fun and exciting Robson Hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show where remission is not a cure. And survivorship is all that matters. And a stupid cancer welcome to any and all of our first-time listeners here on the Blog Talk Radio Network and on iTunes. Don't forget, you can automatically download us for free on iTunes as we broadcast live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. And finally, as a reminder, the Stupid Cancer Show has a live interactive chat feed during every broadcast. We invite you to join in the fun, connect with our friends, and ask questions of our guests. And with that... We applaud ourselves. We applaud ourselves. As always. Every No one else week. is here to applaud us. We are so awesome. We are. <laughs> we rock. 
Hello. Tezos. What? Tezos. Yep. Mr. Kenny Kane. What's up? Good oh, evening. I, I love the, uh, every week it gets progressively more echoey through the opening sequence from our lovely Lisa Bernhard. What? How is that? With your, uh... Why am I echoing? No, you're echoing me, like like in a, oh. like in a exactly. gospel church. I'm cheering you on. I'm trying it, to raise, raise, the, it, brother. raise the roof. Yes. Exactly. It's moral support. Yes. We have no visual. No, I get it. We I, used to. I totally get it. Yeah. And Reverend Dr. James Manning, how are you, sir? I'm well, Matt. How what was your James? weekend? I hear you've had quite a wild one. Can Wait, you... he, he, I like that. He's the setup man. How, <laughs> how was your weekend? I hear you had quite a wild one. <laughs> straight, the that straight, bad. The Somebody get Kenny some heroin, Recalculating. Please. <laughs> 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 Whatever. <laughs> Kenny and I are on a JetBlue bender. Oh, my God. So, I, you know, Matthew, your travel curse... Seriously, unreal. At least I'm not alone. Remind me to never travel with you. No, it was horrible. It was horrible. You you never, I mean, you make it back safely eventually, about a week yeah. later. Yeah. But, but you're always stuck. That's if why it's I not never, bad weather, the plane breaks down. I never check my bags. They That's wind smart. up in, like, Tokyo. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys went to the C4YW conference yes, in the NOLA. the 12th Annual Conference for Young Women Affected by Breast Cancer, sponsored yes. by... Uh, the Living Beyond Breast Cancer Organization and the Young Survivor Coalition. Yep, good Very friends good. of ours. Yeah, uh, great folks. Both Had them on the show life. recently. Yes, we did, and it was a. Uh, I'd say it was a success. Like they had, it was a great success. Personally, Six, and seven hundred eight people, eight hundred people, yeah. huge. No, they bring in a lot from all over the world. All over the world, yes. Um, it's a great conference. Nonstop energy. Everyone, I mean, we're everyone. I was glad to see that people knew who we were. Like very few few people oh, were like Matthew. tell us. Everybody knew who I was. They're like, who the hell is this short guy next to you? Yes. Yeah. You are clearly more famous than I'm I am. Kind of Kenny. a big deal. You are a big deal. People know me. Yes. Now Kenny manned our booth. I gave a presentation called Tweet This, and I believe the the um, lengthier definition of my uh, program was called How Not to Post Pictures of Yourself on Facebook, planking on a beer pong table, wearing a Justin Bieber zombie costume while simultaneously expecting a raise at work next week. Too late for Kenny. Yeah. 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 You already, you, you already, um, uh, yeah. So I spoke for an hour to yeah. about 75 people, mm-hmm. and it was great. I had a brand-new presentation that I debuted. And what, was your, what, was well. your, what was your most significant pearl of wisdom that you offered? Don't plank on a beer table on Facebook if you want. Because you shouldn't be Justin you, Bieber. You, you should be Selena Gomez or whoever. If you don't want the universe to know everything you do, don't put it on Facebook. Wait, I can't understand, though. You put everything on Facebook. <laughs> I how, how, do, how are you weird. preaching to people not to put anything <laughs> no. on Facebook? I mean, I, I know, like, you know. I, I expect everything I put on Facebook to be known by the universe. We're I hypocrite. hope it does, yes. and I'm aware of it. Right. People aren't aware of that. Also, people are not aware of how to set their Facebook's uh, private Correct. settings. Because now when you apply for jobs, employers, potential employers, check you out right. on all your social media. I've got my job. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, what it is? here's here's the analogy, Lisa. It's those yeah. fuckers people, getting out of wait, college wait, wait, wait. have no idea what they're doing. So people like like us are like a club with black doors that you don't know what's going on inside. But once you get in there, it's like <laughs> people who don't have privacy <laughs> How long settings. Did work on that. It's like an it's like an outdoor Bonnaroo festival of debauchery. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't have do your that, privacy. Do that. Do that beating it. <laughs> You're we just found, to, I'm, I'm getting the hives already. <laughs> you found Kenny Gill. Yeah. Someone get your best <laughs> card is the one you haven't played. Yes, well played. Thank you. Indeed. So you gave them. So you imparted your social media knowledge, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I didn't yeah. want to make it too confusing. I showed them this, this crazy diagram of like thirty thousand. <laughs> so you made it really words. confusing. Did no, this no, relate I, to breast cancer at all? 
No, they didn't care. Oh, okay. It was it was sort of anemic of the disease. It was all about behavior online and how right. to connect with resources that are largely disease agnostic, but can yeah. help you build peer support, and how social media can be the best and worst thing that ever happened to you. Yes. So it went well. Okay. We gave away all of our pins and pens. We sold like a hundred wristbands. Mm-hmm. It was Great. Intense. It was really intense. Huge Spread traffic at our booth. Yeah. It was the first time we were completely rebranded. We were only stupid cancer. And it was great. As opposed to, to I2Y or I'm too young, young for this. For this. Yep. So it was great. Really, really amazing. And uh, we got back. Our flight was supposed to leave at 6 o'clock on Sunday morning. It was uh, canceled because the plane arrived from New York the night before broken. <laughs> so I'd like to thank JetBlue for not putting us on that plane. Yeah. Although they hooked it up. They uh, they gave us more legroom. Yeah, they, they put they, us in the more legroom they space. They let us hop the line. Right. To security. So at 6 p.m. And you had 12 more hours to party in New Orleans. I wanted to come home and see my kids. I know, because you're know married and you have kids. Kenny right. had 12 more hours I, to party in New was, Orleans. It was bourbon time Yeah, yeah. In, the, in the day street. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bourbon time in the day street. Yeah. Yes. Uh, wow. Well, good. So a successful conversation. You know what? We should give a nice shout-out to Jenna Glazer, speaking of the Young Survival Coalition. Just had a, got she her and boy, her right? wife had a baby. They just had they got their boy. Well, her name is Maya. So and they got their girl. <laughs> She's gonna kill me from messing I, I'm it up. pretty sure the baby. I'm pretty sure they had a baby girl. She got their girl. Okay, that's yeah. amazing. Surrogacy, right? Uh, well, her 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 wife uh, gave birth. Right. Yeah. It was it was, it was donor eggs. It, it donor yes. eggs. Don, donor sperm. It don't, well, yes. Well, right. there's two females there. So yeah. yes. We are not uncle fertility specialists <laughs> on the stupid cancer show. Matt needs to go yeah. back to like sixth we, grade health class. Despite the fact that Matthew has twins, we know nothing about how they arrived. I did IVF. <laughs> Let me know. I did IVF. We don't know how babies are born. Define the word. We Danny. only know about cancer. We're that narrow Matt, in our focus. Matt, Matt donated through a hole in the wall. <laughs> My glory hole sperm bank, fantastic. There's a business model right, for you. All right, congratulations, Jenna. We're thrilled for you. <laughs> with, with the glory hole sperm bank. We're just going downhill tonight, aren't yeah, we? We lost all of our sponsors except it's, all the ones we have. It's 810. We have some guests. Maybe we should get to them. Oh. They can smarten things up here a little Fine. bit. Fine. All right. Go ahead. All right. Hit, hit us with Jacqueline. From my brain tumor posse. Yeah. From what? Jacqueline Stable was diagnosed in the ER after coming home from a trip to China and dealing with a week of unbearable headaches. After an MRI, it was revealed that she had a tumor. It's not a tumor. Three days later, she had a craniotomy. The tumor was fully resected, and she was then released from the hospital, although her pathology came back negative. <laughs> Surgery. Uh, Sloan Kettering came back and said, no, uh-uh, it's malignant. She had a uh, anaplastic astrocytoma grade 3. Nice. Graduated from well, Rutgers. Right off the tongue. Yes. Yep. She graduated from Rutgers in New Jersey. Did I say the right Rutgers? Rutgers. Yeah. With a bachelor's degree in right. broadcast journalism. I know it's Rutgers, but they oh, say Rutgers. Rutgers. And we had an intern who was passionate about the fact that it was Rutgers. Rutgers. Anyway, she toured with Britney Spears as the backup dancer, toured with Broadway shows, and worked and starred in various network television sports broadcasts. She works for Condi Nast right now, and she is awesome. Please welcome. Jacqueline Stable. Hi, Jacqueline. Hey, hey I'm Wait a minute. I didn't know about the touring with Britney Spears. Yes, I was a dancer my whole life. Isn't oh, that funny? Dancer, neat. super healthy, gets cancer. Wow. Like, totally cliche. You're the you, were a backup, dancer. you were a backup dancer for Britney Spears? When I was in college. Neat. Yeah, yeah I did a bunch of shows with her. It was a lot of fun. Well, so you're that not was that back innocent. when she was like, dating Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And uh, before the haircut. Really and, before yeah. the haircut. Before the haircut. Was before that the snake the, boa thing on MTV where she kissed Madonna? 
Was that what? When she kissed Madonna on stage. The red oh, it was text. before that. It okay. was way, way before that. I was like 19. Her father called me up and yelled at me when I was at Fox News once. Are you serious? Yeah. Something that we, I don't know. Nothing that do we did wrong. Do they even talk anymore? I don't even think they talk anymore. I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway, we so how's she well, doing? That's neat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we had a matching hair. We had a matching haircut for a while. That's Penny for single. totally different reasons. But that's all. Put in a good word. <laughs> so okay, so you were what age? So Matthew gave us a little bit of an intro there to your diagnosis. But, I was um, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Had 27. having headaches. Uh, never had a headache in my life. I was one of those like non-headache people. I yeah. Knew you were already. And yeah. Uh, well. Not anymore, but at the time. And I was traveling back and forth to China quite a bit. I was working for the NBA, and I got back. All of a sudden had this horrible headache, just assumed it was jet lag. Right? Yeah. Makes sense. Right. A week later, couldn't get out of bed, started calling out of work sick. It was, that never happens. Everybody knew something was up. I went to the doctor. The doctor prescribed Vicodin. I nice. was like, well, this isn't really going to help me. Now I'm, like, throwing my guts like up. It's like my Robitussin. my Robitussin. Right. Yeah, like, but I, t- I take Vicodin over Robitussin. That's not bad. She wins the misdiagnosis war. <laughs> if I could have kept it down, it would have been great, but that yeah. didn't work for me. So that night I went to the ER, and they did a CT scan, and it was perfectly clear. Big tumor, about the size of a plum in my right frontal lobe. Wow. Who needs your frontal lobe anyway? <laughs> I yeah. do. <laughs> we have conversations on the show about how few body parts you actually need to live. <laughs> right. And what they can cut out of you so you don't get cancer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Then you get yeah. skin cancer and you're, you're doomed anyway. Yeah. It was, I didn't know what was going on. They hooked me up to morphine, admitted me to ICU, had surgery three days later. But now that seemed to indicate that they did not instantly tell you that it was malignant? Well, correct. They okay. actually, you know, they do, they take a piece of it when you're right. actually in surgery. Right. And the doctor said it was fine, and I, got, I was very lucky. I had a great surgeon. Um, what hospital again? I was actually at Valley Hospital in Ridgewood, New Jersey. I live in New Jersey. All right. Um, we, we forgive you. And thank you. <laughs> she went to Ruggers. I Ruggers. Went to Ruggers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they said it was fine. They sent it for pathology. It came back fine. But my doctor, thank God, just had this, like, inkling, like, let me check it again. And he just decided to send it again. It came back inconclusive, inconclusive. Finally, he called me, and he said, listen, I want to send it to Sloan Kettering. And yeah. I was like, do it. I want to know what this thing is. And right. at this point, it had been like 11 weeks since I had surgery. So here I am. I remember him taking the staples out of my head and saying, go back to your life. Just go back to your life. Everything's fine. And I literally went out into the parking lot, and I did a dance. I thought that I was, like, in the clear. Scott Free. So wrong. I mean, like, it couldn't have been more wrong. Wow. So Sloan Kettering came through. They figured out what it was, and I did radiation, chemo. Still doing chemo. I just finished my 11th round of chemo last night. Are you wow. on Tamadar? Tamadar. Tamadar. And I'm doing a clinical trial there, too. Very nice. Yeah. So I have one more month left next month. And did you right. have major surgery to take it out yeah. as well? Yeah. They were able yeah. to remove the whole thing. Wow. Great. And um, So you have no brain. Now I have a funky, right. <laughs> so now I have a funky scar and a bald spot. Which I will rock proudly. But just like Matt. Matt has a, <laughs> Matt has a solar panel. <laughs> I have a big bald spot, Matt. I don't know. <laughs> no, they went they went through the back of my head. So oh, okay. um, so I have like a zipper. He's got a my, funky scar. My yeah, soul. Funky. Yeah. yeah, funky. Yeah. No, but your story is so it hits me and uh, it hits home with me because I had the exact same experience in the sense that I was given Robitussin. Not Vicodin, so you win clearly for oh. brain cancer ultimately. That's classic. And they thought I had a, a benign astrocytoma for a week and a half, and then it came back. Oops, you can't go home now. Yeah. But they didn't have Temidar back then. They had no chemotherapy that broke the blood-brain barrier mm-hmm. back then. I had Chernobyl radiation, 
So my question to you is, do you did you feel like you were treated age appropriately? That's a big one of the big issues we like to talk about on the show here. Um, actually, I, that's a double sided question. Yes, I, I feel like it was kind of funny. Everybody, all my radiation therapists were my age. Nice. So I would, like, jump onto the table, and we'd be chatting, and we'd be talking about sports, and, you know, and it was almost kind of ridiculous because I felt like they were my peers that right. were doing my radiation, you know, therapy. It was, it was a little strange. Did you trust them? I did. <laughs> Wait, you can't I be did doctor, because, right. you know, they have the whole physics team come in, and yeah. they, they map you out, and then they put a mask on you, and they bolt the mask to the table every time so your face can't move, which right. is really yeah. creepy. Yeah, it's yeah. like Freddy yeah. Krueger. It's, like, really weird. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, and then they just kind of, like, start and stop the machine. So I would chat with them. But my my actual, like, treatment is the same treatment that they would give anybody at any age. Right. Um, the only difference for me is I'm on a clinical trial. But you were at Sloan. I am at Sloan. Did they introduce you to the young adult support group? Yes. Good. I, there's a, we like that. There's, there's a call-in kind of support group that, that we do. But it's tough. I mean, you know, when you're a young adult, you still work. Right. And the support group's at, like, 4 o'clock. So you didn't stop working. So I never stopped working. You, throughout. throughout. What, did, what did Brittany wow. do? I, I stopped for the six weeks. <laughs> she lived without me. I stopped for the six weeks that uh, I was having radiation because okay. that I couldn't yeah. I couldn't even function. I was It was a wrap. You were but, already at Condi? No. I started at Condi just three months ago. Oh, so, where, so who you, you were at for? the NBA? I was still working for the NBA. Oh, really? You, were, you had the headaches when you were at the NBA. That's when That's it all right. started. That's right. That's when it all started. And they were very understanding, and, you know, I couldn't come in. But it also, you know, I worked for the NBA freelance, and I worked for the New Jersey Nets. And, uh, you know, when you freelance, you don't work, you don't get paid. Right. Yeah. So it got really, really tough. I'm and sure. I basically was back to work five weeks after brain surgery. I Did was you out have Bryant health Park insurance? Shooting. I had no health insurance. Wow. I had no health insurance. And that was a nightmare. Is that because you freelanced? Yep. Yep. And also, uh, you and I talked about this, we both had on-air jobs. So were you on-air, you were on-air at the time at the NBA, and what is that like when you have to be on-air and you're going through all these treatments? Because I was way out of treatment by the it time was, I had my on-air job. It was very stressful because obviously you want to look good, yeah. right? You don't sure. want, I didn't want people to know right. what was going on. Yeah. I was afraid that I would lose my job or that, I mean, you're in sports too. Fans can be really brutal. Yep. Thank goodness none of them were. They were all so supportive and, you know, I had a great fan base and that was that was wonderful. That was actually a big support system for me. But when I first had surgery, I had my scar, but I still had my hair. So I could, like, wear a headband. I yeah. had to get really creative with right. what Tell I could do. Right, you lose your hair. Put on, right. Yeah. But for, I lost it all from the radiation. Uh, I got, like, really bad male pattern baldness. And then I had yeah. all this long hair in the back that looked like a mane. And then I had no hair all in the front. And you were like Hulkamania. I was, right. it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was awesome. so ridiculous. And then finally one day I just took my boyfriend's buzzer and I just... I got out of the shower. I was like, am I really going to blow dry this and then put it up inside a wig? That's ridiculous. Yeah. And I just buzzed it. Yeah. Nice. You know? Did you at least have a good shaped head? Every, you know what? Everybody said, why is that like what everybody said they to said make that you to feel me. better? But your head looks good. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> says, well, at least you have a nice shaped head. Yeah. Right. That's like supposed to be your They're expecting you to be like guys. Dan Aykroyd in the cone head. Right. right. <laughs> that's, that's, so that was my consolation prize. I had yeah. a nice shaped head. You have so the I guess same I story, but you're like, being my story incarnate is crazy. Yeah, it is. It's very strange. Very strange. So now you're a Condé Nast, and tell everybody what you're doing there. Yeah, so I'm working for an extension of Condé Nast called Condé Nast Direct, and I sell um, advertising. 
basically I sell advertising into Vogue and Allure, Glamour, Self. And you have health insurance. And I have health insurance. Nice. And I have a 401k. Very and nice. And I have a couple bucks in a savings account again. All right. really nice. Lovely. So uh, working my way back. Sure. Working my way back. I Any uh, family through this process? You know what? I lost my mom four years ago to breast cancer. Oh, wow. So I was unfortunately familiar with the whole cancer route and the doctors and what was needed. And I jumped into high gear. I was the one that submitted all my stuff to Sloan Kettering because wow. my doctor wanted me to be treated at Valley Hospital. No offense to Valley Hospital. I'm sure they're wonderful. But when somebody says they want to shoot radiation beams in your brain, yeah. you want it to be somebody that does it all day, every day, and that's all they do. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to Sloan Kettering. And I gathered all my information and I sent it, which is the same thing I had done for my mom years ago. Wow. So... In a weird way, it was a little bit of deja vu. Um, my father's still around, but he's limited in capacity as far as dealing with this kind of thing. Yeah. So, siblings, husband, no boyfriend? No siblings, boyfriend, have a boyfriend. Live, we live together, but he plays basketball overseas. So during all this, he was actually in China. Oh, my gosh. So he Friends? Could uh, people take So many you? friends. Yeah. Wonderful friends. I mean, huge support system that yeah. would have dropped and done everything. Um, wow. But it, it's interesting. When you're, you're a brick. You are oh, fierce. Man. Yeah. You know what, when you're in your 20s, though, everybody works. You know, you don't yeah. want to, like, ask your friend, can you take off of work because I have to go to radiation. You know, my boyfriend's mom was really supportive. She came with me to everything. I mean, everybody really pooled together, and they got me through it because I'm here. That's great. <laughs> wow. And, and remind me because I don't know anything anymore. How did we first get in touch? You're asking me. I had radiation in my brain. I don't know. <laughs> this is like when two cabbies from two different countries try to argue with each other. Yeah. You know, I use that excuse for everything when yeah. I can't remember somebody's name. I'm like, Both of oh, you have zipper heads. Neither yeah. one of you can, can remember. Exactly. It, no. Exactly. It had to be. I mean. Well, you've known about I2Y or super cancer for a while now. For a while? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, since I got diagnosed, it's so, you know, the first thing I did is I went online and I was Found like, there it. have to be other people like me. Right. I can't be the only one in the world because I felt like the only one. I was the youngest person on the ICU floor. Yep. You know, everybody else was like 90. And then there was me. <laughs> and I was like, this is crazy. There have, you know, there's got to be other people. So I immediately started going online. I'm trying to find. And that's probably how I stumbled across you. Right. I love her. She's a kindred spirit. Did you come to OMG in, in November, last year? I did not because I was doing radiation at the time. Oh, and that's I, not I an excuse. Yeah, I was a train wreck. I yeah. was a train wreck. And unfortunately, I can't go this year now because of work as much as I, I need a... I need a few days in Vegas. That's, yes, we all do. That's where I we're do. going. And I'll be yeah. able to drink then. So, yes. I, you know, I, that would be oh, good. Oh, well. But, uh, well, we have, we, have, we, we, have, we have many opportunities to drink with this organization. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, you don't have to go all the way to Vegas I've to do that. I've been hearing that since yeah. I've been here. Lots yeah. of happy June, hours. June 7th yeah. is our ungala. It's our big party night. All right. Well, so you can right here your, in town. All your, all your friends to come. You can bring, you bring like 30 of your best girlfriends to come. I'm there. It's, and it's they're there. $85 open bar, $25 cash bar, 400 people, raffle prices. It's our. Are there any like smoothies or anything healthy that we can say that we're offering? Or yes, no? we have water. Alcohol is healthy. It kills germs, right? Yes, it does. And sure. red wine is, it has the... Uh, Antioxidants? Right. Methotrexate? No, that's not what it's called. <laughs> There's a shortage of methotrexate. Yes, that's right. <laughs> no, flavonoids. Flavonoids, yes. Right. Yes, that's my chemo, flavonoids. Flavonoids, right. Yes. Whatever works for you. All right. So you'll come to the Ungal in New York. Absolutely. So I have to ask the obvious question because that's what I always get asked, and it's kind of like Jews can only tell Jew jokes. Right. Uh-oh. But you look great. Thanks. So what's wrong with you? <laughs> 
What's wrong with me? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What's wrong no, with me? No, he's saying you, you look great, which is like a funny thing that, you know, everybody always says, but you look great. Oh, right. no, it's I mean, true. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's true. Or yeah. you don't look sick. Yeah, right. That's my favorite. Yeah, you I look... actually, you know what, when I started, like, blogging right. during all this process, because yeah. that was my way to sure. events. I started to write down all the ridiculous things that people said to me. I love and that. And they mean well. Yeah, There's right. no doubt. But really, I mean, some of the things were just were just ridiculous. I thought about there, there should be. I, I thought about writing a sort of cancer etiquette for dummies book. hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because there's a million things, right? I can give you my this yeah. blog. You can make it a chapter in that book. Right. Because seriously, yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. I had people, a teacher, ask me. Because I actually went through the whole process. I froze my eggs before I started. Oh, chemo good for you. That because is I wanted to Wait, without sure. health insurance? How'd that happen? Well, Live Strong chipped in oh, tremendously. And my, my boyfriend paid the other half. Wow. Because it is extremely expensive. Yes. But we want to have a family, and I didn't want to risk it. He's a so keeper. He is he a keeper. A, yes. There's yes. no doubt. We've been together five and a half years. He's, oh, that's he's great. definitely a keeper. Um, but, you know, I had a teacher say to me, but wait, if you have a kid, isn't the kid going to have cancer? Oh, God. What? <laughs> right? This is, this is a teacher. So, you know, and you pulled out the chainsaw right afterwards and killed him. I was just in total shock. I mean, I was in shock. Some of the things that wow. I, you know, that people say is just it's hilarious. And they mean, well, sometimes it's better to say nothing. <laughs> that's what I would always say to my friends. If you don't know what to say, that's cool. Just be here. Just say nothing. Yeah. I'd rather you say nothing. Right. So I don't attack you. Yeah. <laughs> Jump on you and right. strangle you. So or well, your like, boyfriend. He must be very tall. He's very tall. Yeah. He's very, very tall. Six, and what? I'm not. He's 6'9". Nine. Oh, nine. my goodness. Wow. Six, shame. Nine. Wow. Yeah. The short ginger over yeah. here is going, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's neat. Someone That's I could look crazy. up to. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like barely 6'4". So who does he play for overseas? Uh, you want me to pronounce that? Let's see. The Zhang Whirlwinds. In China? In China. Yeah. He used to play for the Nets. Is he Asian American? Now he plays. No. Okay. He's, he is not very Lynn. much American. He's, he's not, not Lynn Sanity. He's not Lynn Sanity. He's very much American. Wait, so they... So they take a golf ball out of your frontal lobe. Yep. What's left besides a giant hole? Do you have any? You get like neuropsych tests. You go through. You have any? They didn't con- actually do any of that. Um, I guess the surgery went smoothly. Right. And didn't lose a lot of blood. Didn't you know? Three days later, it was actually kind of funny. They moved me out of my private room into another room with somebody else, with a woman having a spinal tap in the bed next to me. Lovely. In which case, I had, still had my helmet on after surgery, and I was feeling like I was pretty lucky because yeah. I wasn't having the spinal tap. Um, yeah, those suck. I and agree. They sent the physical therapist down because they were thinking about releasing me, and they wanted to make sure I could walk. So I'm, I was a dancer my whole life. So I was so excited to be able to get out of bed. I jumped out of bed. I stood on one foot to put my sock on. And I was balancing, putting on my one sock, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. The physical therapist was like, oh, she's good. Send her home. <laughs> wow. But walking down the story. hallway, all of a sudden the hallway started to go oh, sideways okay. as I was <laughs> walking out of the hospital. They probably shouldn't have let me walk out yeah, after brain go. surgery. I yeah. probably should have been in a wheelchair. Well, I was in the hospital. <laughs> uh, this gives me hope because, like, here we are. What was it? This was three years ago? For me? Yeah. Oh, no, not even. It what? was much more recently. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, December of 2010. So. All right, so 14 years after I was diagnosed, this is what the experience is for, for brain cancer. I'm blown away because I was treated like in the Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm, you I'm know? sure. And, like, it took me three months to be able to turn my head again. There were no anti-emetics. I'm not, this is like a, not a woe is me. This is like a how much progress Absolutely. statement of purpose. I'm really... Absolutely. I'm not going to tell you you're lucky. I'm going to tell you you're welcome. Because yeah. I had to go through this shit that I did <laughs> yeah. and complain the much as I did. But in all seriousness, 
God bless you. That's extraordinary. Thank you. And Thank in all you. seriousness, he hasn't stopped complaining. I, <laughs> not about that, though, just about everything else. Uh, yeah. You get to rock that awesome scar. So. Yes, I do. I do, I do. <laughs> it's getting more pre- uh, pre- predominant with my As hair. As you're losing your hair? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I got the Patrick Stewart going on here it's now. It's like a service entry. <laughs> it's my glory hole. <laughs> Maybe we should get you a weave. Oh, God, no. <laughs> you can borrow my wig when I'm done with it. A little rat tail. <laughs> I have to tell you this one thing before we cut to the to the news and get to AJ. Um, I went to Hair Club for Men. In, no. Like, like yes, I did. <laughs> no. The only in, club that would let him in. <laughs> <laughs> this was, I swear to you, this was in like about 1999 when my hair came back but was just starting to fall out again. Because uh-huh. I, I used to have topiary. I had like the Ben Stiller hair okay. all through high school and college, and then it all fell out. Yeah. And it came back like George Clooney-ish, like a little forward, and like it was kind of cool. Uh-huh. Topiary, actually... i.e. Jufro? Yeah, Jufro. Yeah, uh-huh. But like, it, it, like moved, when it came back, it was thinner, so it like blew in the wind, and I was like, what's a weird feeling? After 22 years right. of not knowing where not my moving. hair was up there, right. <laughs> the moment girls started talking to you. <laughs> exactly. So I went to Hair Club for Men because they said they could restore... The, and they said, you, you don't have male powder baldness. You have DNA damage to your follicles. So they can't, what they do is they take the hair from your sides because that hair never, ever goes away. It's a different follicle. And they move the follicles up here. So you're basically growing hair from your sides on your top. But the problem is the DNA damage to my follicles in the back made them not viable to be implanted to the top. So I was destined to be bald. Interesting. Yes. That is interesting. Did not know that. Yes. I wonder if they can do that for my bald spots. They might. Huh. I doubt it. All the hair oh, along your ears in the back are different follicles genetically than the follicles up top. So male pattern baldness is normal, but so they move the hair from the back to the top. So you're growing the grass up here that grows back here and not separate. That's the science behind it. We well, learned that's something. why it works. We learned something tonight. Except for me. At least I did. Yeah, I got a hundred dollars back. They give me like, a, if they can't help you, you get a hundred bucks. If they got a hundred bucks because they can help. If we forget to give you a receipt, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Anyway, let's get anyway. to the news. Jack, can we call you Jackie? Absolutely. All right, Jackie All right. Sable. You're gonna stick you around. You are a rock star. You're, you're great. You're sticking around. Thank you so much. Time in. Yeah, you're a rock star. All right. She's gonna party at the Ungal or something fierce. Uh, you know it. You're going to be off treatment. You're going to be with your girlfriends. You can bring your husband if he's back from China. Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Oh, sorry. Let's get nine. Let's get I'm Jewish. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to see I impose. Him over. I impose. He has six eyes. Yes. Yeah. Hello, anyway. I'm Kent Brockman. All right, and here's the news. I am cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. Oh, it's so dramatic. Head on over to events.stupidcancer.com. Oh, no, you're reading the wrong thing. I had brain cancer. Leave me alone. <laughs> During this part of the Stupid Cancer Show, we announced to our listeners a whole bunch of newsworthy programs, events, and services. Never know what you're missing out on. And they're all free, and they're all just for young adults. Things like conferences, happy hours, retreats, kayaking, and mountain climbing trips, finance webinars, college scholarships, bar curls, concerts, tweet-ups, support groups, and more. And brisses. And brisses. If you have something coming up that you'd like us to talk about during this part of the show, send an email to info at stupidcancer.com. All right. Head on over to Stupid Cancer. Events is not stupid. No, you have brain cancer. Oh, no. It's contagious. Oh, no. Your one-stop shop calendar. That is events.stupidcancer.com. Your one-stop shop calendar for all of our social and educational events nationwide. Stay in the loop because something could be happening in your neck of the woods and we don't want you missing out. What's coming up, KK? There are no formal happy hours scheduled at this moment in time, Uh-oh. but I can guarantee you that something epic will and may be coming to your neck of the woods. I can concur with that. 
You will concur. That is a huge tease for every one of our chapters in the country. Yes. Uh, other than that, we have the OMG Summit coming up March 30th, 31st, and April 1st. And we'd be all booked for that, right? We are. We are do, we have a, do we have a waiting list? We do, and we yeah. would recommend that you sign up because with these things come cancellations. Yes. And there's a good chance you can come party with us in Vegas. Yes. All right, the Stupid Cancer Forums have over 2,500 members. This is your premier online community to connect with survivors, patients, parents, and caregivers just like you. Visit stupidcancerforums.com and sign up with one click through Facebook. All right, we're running out of slots for Team Stupid Cancer. How many left, Kenny? Uh, we are actually fully booked. The deadline to register is actually in two days, so we are good then to Then why go. am I reading this? Because <laughs> I did not know that. Are we fully booked? We are not fully booked, but the registration is deadline in two days. So okay, if anybody, if anybody wants to jump on the boat, yeah. this is the last call. All right, go to go to teamstupidcancer.com. We'll take you. Go there. Yes. If you want to run that New York City half marathon with us, and as we like to say, you don't need feet. Feet are optional with this group. Uh, low fundraising minimums and help young adults fight stupid cancer. Go to teamstupidcancer.com. We think you could still register Says for us. the half, mon- half marathon us. on our team. If you and tweet at me in the next 30 yeah. seconds. <laughs> if we get our act together in the next few days, we'll figure out whether you can make the team. Yes. And we should probably announce that we have four slots left for the ING New York Marathon in November Correct. Well, Correct. Twice the length. If right. you are, yeah, twice the length. 20 so if, if you're on the fence about the half, you'll definitely want to do the full. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, and as was mentioned before, the 5th Annual OMG Cancer Summit for Young Adults is coming up in one month. We are all sold out, but there is a waiting list. We are receiving cancellations every day. So go to omg2012.org, get on board for the hippest event in all of Cancerland, says me. Maybe Lisa and maybe Kenny concur. Yeah. 500 young adult survivors, patients, caregivers, advocates, uh, providers will be at the Palms Casino Resort. Uh, you can join the OMG Players Club to receive uh, up to 600 bucks in travel reimbursement and one in the iPad or even a MacBook Pro, and that is yeah. your, your Stupid Cancer News. We give ourselves lots of applause. We are that important. We are that damn good. All right. A.J. Jacobs, this is exciting. He's the author of three, count them, three New York Times bestsellers, including, including Know-It-All, about his quest to read the entire Encyclopedia Britannica, which he did, and The Year of Living Biblically, about his quest to follow all the rules of the Bible, from the Ten Commandments to stoning adulterers, which he did. Well, we'll hear about that. His new book, out in April, is called Drop Dead Healthy, and it's about what he learned by following all of the latest medical advice. He's also the editor-at-large for Esquire magazine and a contributor to NPR, and he's getting rickrolled right now by our opening music. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, A.J. Jacobs. He gets the biggest applause. Wow, what a warm welcome. Look at that. Thank you. Thank you, invisible people. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, he's giving it away. Give away the illusion. (laughs) Wow. We're so happy to have you here. Now, you and I have known each other many years. That's right. In the magazine publishing world. When you were at Entertainment Weekly... And you were right? a TV guy. And I was a TV guy. There you go. We were bitter competitors. <laughs> uh, yes, yes here, here we are, joined together on Peace, Love, and Collaboration Show. <laughs> it's ironic. All yeah. the other good titles were taken for this show. It's like rain on your wedding. <laughs> what about so, Glory Holes? That could be the <laughs> title. It's like 10,000 monsters <laughs> when all you need is some vodka. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adrian, so tell us about, you've kind of built this cottage industry of books 
where you kind of do things and subject yourself to things so other people don't have to. That's it. Is exactly. That, is that it? It's brilliant. I, it's a scheme working. <laughs> I do consider it a scheme. Yeah, you know, my real life is very, very dull, so I have to do something to oh, no. make it more interesting. So I uh, I set out on these these projects, these tasks, and uh, and then write about them. So my... And my first one was reading the encyclopedia, as you mentioned. And then uh, more recently, I followed all the rules of the Bible. Right. So, uh, Does that include, like, self-flagellation? I did a tiny bit of self-flagellation. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I did. Does that include not saying glory holes? <laughs> <laughs> you can say glory, but, you know, right. in a different context. My favorite part of the Old Testament is, like, if you commit bestiality, you have to kill yourself and the beast. Uh, well, it was complicit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> did you stone, did you in fact stone any adulterers? I stoned one adulterer. I was able to stone. With I a mean, weed brownie. It was. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was no no uh, no drugs whatsoever. <laughs> Completely sober. I was wearing. Uh, I was trying to really get into this idea of the Bible mm. and be a biblical character. So I had on my robe and my sandals. And I had a huge beard because the Bible says you can't shave your beard. Right. So I had the topiary that nice. Matthew was talking <laughs> nice. about. Uh, and Did you circumcise yourself? <laughs> I was pre-circumcised. Okay. Was pre-circumcised. That was a loophole. I will tell you though, the Bible says that you have to circumcise your son yourself. Yeah. Like you can't, you shouldn't be outsourcing it to a moil. Right. right. Come here, Billy. Yeah. So <laughs> that was that was one of the few things I decided I'm going to skip because uh, I did have kids during the year. Uh, nice. <laughs> but anyway, I was back, I was in Central Park. I was wearing my robe and sandals and. This, this guy came up to me and said, like, why are you dressed like that? And I explained, I'm trying to follow the Bible from the Ten Commandments to stoning adulterers. And he goes, well, I'm an adulterer. Are you going to stone me? And I said, well, yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> you know, awkward. Uh, so I, uh, I took out a, a handful of stones because I had been carrying stones around. For protection. For protection. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he grabbed the stones out of my hand. They were small. They were like pebble size. Uh, but he grabbed them out of my hand and threw them at my face. He was very aggressive. A really? Very aggressive adulterer. So I threw one <laughs> aggressive back, adulterer. back at a him. Passive adulterer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you threw it back and you stoned him. I, that was how I checked that off the list. So yeah, what do you say when your kids get grow old and they see their baby pictures and their father is like Barry Gibb? <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I was terrified when I shaved my beard because uh, I, my kid, for the first week, mm. he had no idea who I was. He right. Was like, He's calling you mommy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 a strange guy. Yeah. So tell us then what led up to, all right, so you've got this new book, and then Drop Dead Healthy, and on the book jacket, you're kind of doing this, this uh, chin-up, right? You're on a chin-up bar. That's it. Now, you're Jewish, AJ. <laughs> I'm the daughter of a Jewish man. I think it's pretty fair to say that Jewish men, outside of maybe like Sandy Koufax, who nobody listening to the show even knows, um, are slightly less athletic than Betty White. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to go with Abe Vigoda. (laughs) Right? I mean, so was that kind of the most dreaded part? Tell us about this book and tell us exactly how exercise had a... Uh, fit in and and how much you hated it. Right, because cancer survivors have to rehabilitate themselves. You right. chose to rehabilitate right. yourself. Well, I think that was that was part of the motivation. You know, I am Jewish. Uh, I say in in my Bible book, I'm I'm not re- I'm Jewish in the same way the Olive Garden is Italian. So, <laughs> not uh, but I am still Jewish, and I follow the whole uh, Jewish stereotype. I'm more 
I, I don't think about. I didn't think you about use, my body. You use your brain more than you flex your brain more there than you your do. muscles. Exactly. Yeah. I did uh-huh. a lot of uh, uh, brain lifting. Uh, <laughs> brain but, lifting. But I uh, the the first book was about improving my mind, and then the second was about improving my spirit. So I thought I do have to finish this trinity and improve the body. So that's kind of where it came from. But it was. It was going from zero to 60 because I had nothing. You know, I never <laughs> exercised, and I just, you know, ate what I wanted. Is that right? And it was quite horrible. Yeah. How did you go about determining which nutritional rules to follow when every other week something that was good is bad for you and then it flips two weeks later? Right, exactly. Like bacon uh, is good for you. Wine, chocolate. You well, know. those are still, I think those are pretty solidly in the good. You guys with your happy hours are in really promoting. <laughs> oh, good thanks. Things. Yeah. <laughs> Every man should drink two glasses of wine a day, and women drink one, and that that's okay. So like Passover every night. <laughs> exactly. What about bourbon? No, <laughs> actually, al- any kind of alcohol. Wine has special qualities. Resveratrol. Right? That's, that's what that's it is. That's it. Yeah. Resveratrol. But uh, I'm but feeling anytime. very validated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kenny's the healthiest person on the planet. Yes, <laughs> it, it is diminishing returns after a while. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend going over the two drinks. But, but uh, like eggs are good, eggs are bad, coffee's good, right. caffeine's bad, caffeine's good. Absolutely. Like, so what? Yeah, where was your baseline? Where, where did you start from? Was like vegetarianism, veganism? Well, I decided one way. Well, I like to try things out. You know, the human guinea pig idea. So I decided to try all the different diets that I could find. So I did. I did the raw food veganism thing for a while. I did the caveman diet. I don't know if you're familiar. Is that like Atkins? That's like, yeah, very similar. Paleo. There's, uh, you know, a lot of meat, a lot of... They'd say the hardcore paleo guys say you should not cook raw meat. you got to eat raw vegan. What? But then there's the sort of moderate reform cavemen who say... You know, there was fire back then. I don't know right. why we have to be doing <laughs> Those this. hippies. Yeah. <laughs> Raw meat. Oh, my God. So you like... ha- well, you have, like, steak tartare, right? That's right. right. Exactly. Yeah. But did they, like, irradiate the meat beforehand to get rid of the bacteria? I did. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually go out and hunt and, and eat. <laughs> In Central Park. You're not Mark. Uh, you're not the guy from Facebook, right? Right. <laughs> Although I did go to Central Park as part of the paleo lifestyle. You have to work out in the park. Hunting for joggers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Killing pigeons clean. with a spear. Right. So what? 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 And and beyond just your diet. I mean, you did all sorts of things, right? So I did. I had what? to improve. You know, uh, every single part of my life. So. Uh, the exercise, I, uh, you know, one of the big themes is that sitting is is horribly bad for you. Yeah. yeah, it's like eating. It's like basically what you guys ate in New Orleans is the equivalent. <laughs> yes. Eating like yeah. the fried chicken, beignets, the beignets. And beignets. Yeah. Paula Deen's bacon, <laughs> bacon donut, whatever she makes. I don't right. know. But that's basically, yeah. I'm sitting down right now. I should, uh, you know. But we should all stand I up. I saw Paula Deen on Bourbon Street. She was throwing sticks of butter at Flashers. <laughs> All right, you knew this was coming. We should should be standing. Coffee enema. Coffee enema. I actually never, I did have an enema, but uh, I did not, there there seemed to be enough evidence against the coffee enema that, uh, including like three people have died from coffee enemas. So I decided (laughs) to skip. All right, so there were boundaries in this book. There were a couple of boundaries. Okay, the Café de Mont enema. But but believe me, I have a, I have, a long chapter on on it's broken up by body parts, and okay. I do have a long chapter on the butt. So anyone <laughs> oh, who's interested, there so is what quite what a made lot. you what made you feel the best out of everything that you did? What made what what stuck? Or you thought you know what? Okay, this 
routine or this routine is is great. I well, feel really I healthy. Do, okay. The one thing that well, there's many things that have changed, but one thing is that I I bought a treadmill and I I rest my laptop on top of it and I do all my work on a treadmill. So and now it's gotten. It sort of backfired on me because now whenever I'm sitting down and trying to work, I fall asleep. I need that stimulation. Right. But it's really, it makes me focus more. It makes me much more productive. So that is one big change. I'm actually. Wow. So you can actually get a lot done while you're moving on the treadmill. That's, yeah, I walk on it for several hours a day. I'm just, I, the, the book was written primarily on a treadmill. Because like, you shouldn't be sitting. You shouldn't like be sitting. Like we all are now. Exactly. I'm going to try that. And any of the diets stick? I did, you know, I have changed my diet. I, the basic thing is there are a lot of people trying to tell you, sell you their specific diet. Right. And I think the basic diet that, that most nutritionists, like Michael Pollan talks about it, and Marion Nessel, who's a great... Another just, guest on our show. Marion yes. Nessel, yeah. she's been on our show. She's fantastic. Friend of the show, yeah. yeah. Yep, friend of the show. Yeah. And what she says is right. You know, eat mostly vegetables, mostly fruits. Uh, don't eat things that they you know have 14. She doesn't like anything in the middle of the supermarket. That's go to, true. Go to both ends because everything packaged is in the middle, and she says stay away from stay, all of that. Yeah, shop yeah. the perimeter. Shop the perimeter. And right. also don't uh, don't shop eye level. Eye level is another trick. Oh, right. all the put, crappy stuff is eye oh, level. They try to get you with did that. Did not know that one. So yeah, go with the produce. That's really that's really the secret. Yeah. Interesting. Do you feel healthier? I do feel healthier. I mean, I, you were like I, living on Twinkies beforehand anyway, so <laughs> you, you were initially off to a decent start compared to most Americans. That's true. That's true. I feel, I do feel healthier. You know, I feel I also, it's, I am under a lot of stress because I'm worried if I'm going to get sick right when the book comes out, that is terrible. Uh, that's bad sales. PR. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I, I actually have a lot of stress about that. I feel uh, like a lightning bolt hitting Chris Carr. <laughs> oh, God. Do you know Chris much. Carr? Have you heard of Chris Carr? No. Who is he? She, uh, it's a K-R-I-S. It's a her. Um, Chris uh, was diagnosed with an incurable kidney cancer, So and, and there was no chemo for it. So she was a Twinkie-eating American, and uh, she was an actress. So she decided the only control she could have over her life was to change her diet, not knowing whether or not it would impact her cancer going away or not, because there was no chemo for her, there was no surgery for her. So she went on, pretty much she took your concept of I'll try everything for four years. She did everything from like drinking her own urine to coffee enemas to Dalai Lama, shaman, you know, Reiki, pranic healing, everything. Right. She became macrobiotic for like a year. It, and and she wrote a, a book called Crazy Sexy Cancer oh, yeah. about her journey. I have seen that. So she's since calmed down a little bit. You know, her cancer has not improved or uh, gotten worse. So it, so there's nothing to say that what she did affected its growth. You can go one way or the other. But she basically took what you did to the absolute extreme. But she's built a whole cult following around what she's done. Wow. She juices a lot. Ju- yes. She's big on yes. juice. I big on juicing. juicing. I'll tell you, I had that. I had a similar uh, theme to my book, unfortunately, because my aunt was one of my health advisors, and she lived in Berkeley, and she was fully into every single health fad you can imagine. She uh, she wouldn't talk on the cell phone because of the, the yeah. toxins. She wouldn't wear. She was raw food, vegan. She wouldn't wear uh, regular clothes because there were too many chemicals on them. Wow. And uh, 
she's a wonderful woman. She called herself uh, my eccentric my eccentric Aunt Marty. Eccentric <laughs> Aunt Marty. And she, unfortunately, I finished the book, and two months later she was diagnosed with leukemia. Oh, no. And died within a matter of four months. So it was that was a, a wake up call. You know, you can do everything right. And, yeah. And well, look at look no further than ja- than Jacqueline here. Because exactly. She was a dancer in the prime of her life, in perfect shape. You know, dancing without the snake boa around her neck, <laughs> and then boom, brain cancer. Right. Wow. You were sniffing too much carpet fresh as a kid. Yeah. So, A.J., you made a lot of appointments with doctors and specialists to do this book, right? Right. So I have to ask you a very practical question. Did your book advance cover that, or did you have to pay – did the publishers pay you, or did you have to pay out of pocket for I all, did pay. Well, for, I took for all it out of my book advance. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. book advance, luckily, it So covered. you made the round, so all these folks know you now. Exactly. Did they call ahead to the next – he's coming. <laughs> Uh-oh. I tried to keep them in the dark about it. But actually, I was very honest. I told them what I was doing. Right. But, uh, yeah, I went to every body part doctor that I could find because I, uh, you know – for the chapter on feet, I had to go to the foot doctor. Spent a lot of time with the proctologist. Uh, <laughs> that so. was that must have been fun. I yeah. call those Thursdays. Yeah. <laughs> he so, taught me. So uh, now, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that was. Uh, he taught me I had been uh, going to the bathroom wrong all of my life. So what? That was, that was a big revelation for You're me. You're facing oh, the wrong way in the toilet. <laughs> The I was fl- facing the, the wrong. The flusher goes behind you. <laughs> That's why my wife kept yelling at me. Like, oh, and now, now you're going to get a bidet installed. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, this was more the uh, the stance, or I guess the the position, uh, which is I had you know I was a sitter, and uh, as are most people, but sitting is a very recent phenomenon in human history. We are not built to. So you're sit. supposed to squat. You're a squat. You're squatting right. is the proper. So I actually, there are products available on the internet that you can buy uh, if you're interested uh, that will that will help it's you. It's like a scoop from a dump truck or something. Well, here's but it so but it builds your quads. Yeah, it's good so for your that's, quads. That's good for healthy. Everything. The yeah. instructional video is Slumdog Millionaire. Oh God. <laughs> All right. So, well, speaking of health and and wellness and and we got to get Johnny on the on the show. You guys will love Johnny if you don't know him. So, AJ, thanks a lot. You get the applause, but you're still here. We're going to keep talking. AJ Jacobs from uh, Esquire. Yeah, we have more questions. I have more questions for AJ. No, well, we're going to talk to bring Johnny in because Johnny's all about hey, <laughs> peace, love, and collaboration. All right. Oh, in yeah. the rear corner. In the red trunks, customized for comfortable one-ball fit, embroidered with Be Well, number one. On his tuchas, we have Johnny Irwin from Chicago, who beat testicular cancer twice as many times as he has remaining testicles to show for it. And yes, some call him Nice or Johnny. He's half nuts and willing to talk about anything. The founder of Irwin Angels, the nation's leading, says me, uh, one-to-one peer support organization for cancer survivors. Please welcome my dear friend, my mishpucha brother, Johnny Ruben. Johnny. What is happening, brother? Hey, Johnny. Johnny Ruben, how are you? Hello, guys. How's oh, everybody Mr. Over there? Mr. Johnny. <laughs> so, hey, I I'm just heard you. that. Great uh, interview, by the way. Great so interview. We're, so we're speaking to AJ here. I don't know if you've been listening in, uh, Johnny, about what he did about his book, Drop Dead Healthy, and how he... Went to all bunch of specialists uh, to figure out how to how to be healthy and healthier and change his diet and exercise and everything. And you, Matthew, tells me went vegan recently. 
I did. And AJ, first of all, thank you for sharing what you're doing, buddy. Wish you continued good health. Um, and, and all my best, of course. Right um, back so at you. Absolutely. Thank you, buddy. And uh, it was a great interview. I caught the end of it. I'm sorry I was in the run earlier, but I did catch the middle and end of it. And uh, you guys are hilarious, first of all. But uh, but great, great interview. Um, I am a vegan officially now. God, it's been maybe six months, eight months, something like that. My body feels the best it's ever felt. Um, energy stable. My energy's been pretty strong from somewhere. I'm not really sure where it comes from, but it does come pretty strongly. But but it's definitely as good as it's ever felt. But I shed about got 20, 25 pounds. Whoa! Trying to lose weight. You didn't even have you didn't have that. No, I want to just mention that Johnny is made of rock. He has zero <laughs> body fat. He's got these beautiful triangle wide shoulder stance. You're He's all muscle, tight. and he lost 20 pounds. You're being kind. You guys are being very generous to me. Uh, I, I wish I looked that good, but I don't. But but I will tell you, I'm not trying to lose any more weight. I'm like 155 now. The vegan diet, it just falls off of you. Wow. Uh, but I feel good. You know what? And as we all know, with cancer survivors here, it's all about feeling good. And if you feel like it's your equilibrium for your body um, and the diet feels good, your stomach feels good, I mean, so what prompted, you know, that's, that's what prompted you, Johnny? What prompted you to do it? It was a woman. You know, no, it oh. wasn't a woman actually. <laughs> Women have got me to do a lot of other stupid things, but this time it was not a woman. Uh, for this, I actually, I just, I've been experimenting for years. You know, one of my surgeries that I had, I'm a testicular cancer survivor two times. Uh, if you if you couldn't uh, understand that whole intro that Matt just gave, uh, but I, one of my surgeries for testicular cancer was an 11-inch surgery through my stomach, and they moved my stomach completely out of my body. It's called a retroperitoneal lymph node dissection. And whenever you handle the stomach, there's a lot of surgeons out there that have told me later that you can develop intolerances because the stomach is not normally held and touched by the human hand huh. <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> and uh, and chemo as well can do that to some of us. But I think probably the surgery, and after the surgery, I've had stomach sort of issues for a while. And I just have been tweaking my diet for years, been seven or eight years trying to figure it out, and I think this is the best it's ever been. Um, with this diet. Matt and I both suffer from the Jewish man uh, stomach syndrome, which a lot of us Jays have, and so that's, maybe that's part of it too. But regardless, um, it feels as good as it does now, and um, yeah, I feel good. Fortunately, I feel good. Can't complain. How, how tough is it for you if you go out to eat or some, to somebody's house and stuff like that to stay on the diet? You know, Lisa, that's a great question. You know, I, I never want to be that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy that's like... Johnny lives um, in a cave and he has no social life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hardly. I, I don't really talk to people. He's got like eight zillion friends, yeah. But, <laughs> but basically what I do is I go to somebody's house and they don't know. Um, I'll try to find the stuff that's plant-based and just focus on that. Even if it's hummus and carrots and yeah. I don't even eat the dinner, I will eat a ton of hummus and carrots <laughs> or whatever. Right. But if it's the only thing they're serving, I'm not going to create a problem. If it's only chicken sandwiches, only burgers... Like, I'm going to do it. I'm just not going to do it often. But if you're in that situation, you don't want to make it more difficult. You you just you find a way to, to do it within reason. See, Johnny's so nice. He's so gracious. He doesn't want to disrupt anybody's sending, way of life. I'm sending Johnny Omaha steaks to his uh, <laughs> room in Vegas. <laughs> Thank you. Please. Flame and yawn. Tenderline. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> so, so, Johnny, for the listeners out there who don't know who you are, before you get to tell them. I don't your, know if your... there's any left that don't know who he is. But uh, they yeah, were actually. Uh, I was. Um, I forget it was, it was. It was at my session or at some point during one someone else's plenary. 
I had mentioned Johnny Merman to somebody at this, and it's like, you're like the 18th person that's mentioned his name. Who is this guy? <laughs> so I turned it to your publicist, and I told them all about you and what you're doing. And so if you wind up getting like, I don't know, that person went on to go do a breakout session. So you might get, I think I gave them your, your cell phone number and your social security number. <laughs> Thank so, you. So if, if you find out that someone's bought maybe 12 or 13 yeah. refrigerators. If there's no money in your account. Yeah, um, now you know why. Yeah. As long as they have cancer and they needed it, it's okay. <laughs> oh, see? There's the mishpoch out <laughs> there, yeah. Well, we do have new listeners, so yeah. we do have some folks. So tell us know. about, you founded Immigrant Angels, was it like five years ago now? It's been, you're right, five, six years now we've been going uh, full time. So the story behind what we do is I was diagnosed when I was 26 and then again at 28. And I lost my left testicle, went through five months of chemo, of course, bank sperm, and then was clean at 27 for just about a year. And then at 28, I had four tumors behind my kidneys come back and did an 11-inch surgery through my stomach, moved all my organs out of the way, cut the four tumors out, put all the organs back in, and then about 60 staples north and south. And at 28, 29, today I'm 36. So this is going back seven, eight years ago, um, the recurrence, and lucky and to be healthy today, but more important than my story and everything I went through was a need and a mission that sort of grew out of this experience, and that simply was there's such a need that so many of us young adults go through cancer and you don't know anyone. You don't know anyone like you. And so what we did is we created an organization called Immerman Angels to find angel survivors out there just like us on the phone and match us up one-to-one with someone diagnosed today with the identical diagnosis. So nobody fights alone. Nobody goes through it and wonders, oh, my God, next week's my first week of chemo. I have no idea what's going to happen to me. Meet a survivor. You know, meet one of our survivors that says, I've been there. I beat it. I crushed it. I'm back in the gym. I'm going to work. I'm normal. You know, you're going to get there. Here's what you need to know. So it's a one-to-one cancer support. And it could also be a parent. Let's say a parent calls us with a 5-year-old with ALL leukemia, we got to match those parents with another set of parents that can say, guess what, my 10-year-old little girl beat that when she was five. We speak the language. We know the drill. Our kid beat it. We can help you, and we're going to help you. And we match them parent to parent. Is that all? That's what we do, <laughs> one-to-one. I can't I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> you know, it's such a simple idea. I mean, really what we do is we make friendships. We build friendships between two people who should simply know each other. It's the same thing. It kind of happens randomly out there in the world where somebody gets cancer and then a friend of a friend says, you know what, I know somebody that's kind of your age that beats something kind of like that. You should know them and they connect you. We're building a system out of it so no one slips through the cracks. Because you may not have a lot of friends that you know are touched by cancer, or you may, but whether you do or not, there should be a place you can go for free and reach somebody out there who simply wants to help you, a grateful survivor who can share their story. Now, most of this happens over the phone, Johnny, right? I mean, how many how many actually get together and meet in person? Yes, you know, great question. It really varies a lot, a lot on how people want to communicate. And we've had people call us and say, I want to talk on the phone to my survivor. Some people want to Skype with their survivor. Others just want to email because it's just too challenging and emotional to yeah. reach out and to and to make that phone call. It's a tough phone call. We've all been there. We know it's hard. So and it's really up to each fighter, survivor, pair. It's a case-by-case scenario. The young guys like us, we help people all ages, you know, in the 70s and 80s, 
and in the 20s and teens, and of course little kids, we match the parents. But whatever age you are, you can communicate, but Skype is huge for the young people. I mean, yeah. not, the young adults, they love it. Your teens, your 20s, you know, you can match somebody in Montreal who survived a particular cancer with somebody in Peru. And if they speak the same language and at the same age, it's a great connection. They can Skype each other for free. It's a lifeline. You know, yeah. from one country to the next, they can see each other, they can talk to each other, and think about the pump up for the one who's sick to look at a computer screen and see someone who grew their hair back. You know, someone that looks like Lisa, who grew her hair back, who, who looks great, who's happy, who's smiling, and say, God, three years ago I had breast cancer, but this year, this is how I look. I mean, you're proving to somebody it's capable. She it's looks capable. good. It's possible. Lisa's hot. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I'm only you know, I'll take it at some point in my life. Go ahead. She's in the room with me. I have to be nice to her. I, I want to I um, toot your horn a little more because you, you have become so influential in the space that you are like the official referrer from people who call Livestrong. Is that correct? Yes, we're very flattered. Well, thank you for saying that. And, again, you know, I credit a lot of our success a huge part of our success to people like you, Matt, and people like you, Lisa and Kenny. You guys help us find people that we help. I mean, the program's just an idea unless you're actually implementing and finding people. And, and you guys have been absolutely amazing in finding people for us that simply need what we do. And, uh, you know, it's the cancer world working together. Again, peace, love, and collaboration. Love the <laughs> title of this segment. I mean, that's it. That's what it's about. We're strong because we're all strong together because all these groups help each other, and we work together, and we focus on our niches. Um, but, yeah, we, we are very, very lucky that Live Strong Now um, has a link that says, do you want to meet a survivor like you on their website? Click on that. It flows through seamlessly right to Immerman Angels. They just pipeline all their people to us. We pick up those phones, Texas to Chicago. We service those calls. We call those people. We match those people. But, again, you know, Immerman Angels is an idea. One survivor can do very little. But thousands of us working together, collaborating, you know, that's a movement. You know, that's what makes this cancer world a better place. Hey, Johnny, has there been one particular diagnosis um, that's been or, or more that have been a challenge where somebody's called up and they've had something really rare and you guys have, you know, kind of canvassed <laughs> the globe and, and had difficulty in matching someone? Does that, does that come up? That's a great question. Someone like, and I know you guys know him too, our buddy Tall, who is up in Toronto, who's an amazing, amazing guy with a very, very rare type of liver cancer. Mm -hmm. It's hard sometimes because you have to search the globe. And we have over 4,000 survivors worldwide, and that's awesome. But, God, I can't wait till it's 4 million. You know, there's 12 million living cancer survivors just in the U.S. You know, if we had 4 million or, or all 12 million or even more than that worldwide, the bigger the pool, the easier it is to find perfect matches. Uh, but sometimes we do. Sometimes we look in our network with these super rare cancers, and we have a decent match, but we're like, you know what, we need somebody who's even closer. So what we do, again, back to peace, love, and collaboration, we're going to bang on all the doors, like the MD Anderson crew, the Anderson Network. Uh, Dana-Farber's got a great support, one-on-one -on -one system that they use too, uh, Cancer Hope Network. I mean, you name it, we're going to call around other groups and say, do you know someone like this? And they just might. And uh, and that's, again, just the cancer world being networked and linked. Um, so we bang on other doors. We know who those contacts are, those point people, other groups, to find that perfect match. But there's always a best match. Nobody comes to us and we say, no, period, we can't match you. 
we might say we don't have the ideal match for you who's exactly your age, but we have someone who's really similar, and based on this and this and this, we still think it's going to be a good fit for you guys because you still have a lot in common. But so let me ask you, Johnny. Sorry. I, I like to ask the question because I like your answer every time, but how do you vet somebody to qualify as an angel? How do you know they're not like a nut job or that, the, that you know, because, you know, they're not social workers, you know, they're not licensed therapists, they're right. just, you know, but there's a lot of power to just being a survivor and having that, that history. What's your process to ensure that someone who is an angel uh, qualifies to be able to, you know, provide to the fighter what that person needs? That is a great question. And every social worker, we speak a lot, of course, Matt and I both you know, go around and speak a lot of cancer centers, social workers, nurses, doctors. That's the number one question for the social workers. How do we train? How do we vet? How do we screen? How do we know that these angel mentors are going to do a good job? The key is well, what we've done is we put together a medical advisory board, and we've got doctors, we've got nurses, social workers, Ph.D. therapists, um, we found um, you know, the head of Northwestern Cancer Center, Steve Rosen. He's on our medical advisory board. You find these guys that are in the medical space, and we went to them and said, look, how do we get this right? How do we do exactly what you're asking, Matt? And what we've come up with together, the survivors of Everman Angels plus the medical professionals, the doctors, nurses, and social workers, we've devised a program together that we feel is reasonable and limits risk as much as possible and is a training that makes the most sense. It's just the most practical way to do this, the best way, so the medical system will always support us and send us referrals as well, which is important. And really what that means and how it works is that somebody calls in or signs up on our website, org. We call them. We talk to them. We spend about 20, 30 minutes on the phone talking to them and doing a training on the phone. At the same time, it's a screen we want to get to know them. We want to make sure they're stable. We want to sense at all if they're angry or still upset, which is totally okay. Maybe it's a real recent survivor four months out, and they're a little angry or they're upset. No problem, but we're not going to match that person up with somebody who needs somebody strong and stable and upbeat and positive. Um, so we, we, we want to make sure we do that screen over the phone, we, about 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then on top of it, um, so that's very important to know who these people are. We talk to every single one of them. And then on top of it, we're going to do that training and then give them a training manual that this medical advisory board has helped us build, which is some to-dos, some not-to-dos, you know, don't say this, don't say, you know, do say this. The number one not-to-do, of course, is don't give medical advice. That's the number one. Right. We've never had a problem with that. We nail it in there. We do it on the training. We do it in the manual. It's on the website, all over the place. But you've got to say that because you're right. We're not doctors. We're not licensed nurses or social workers or doctors. We're survivors. We know a lot. But we, we let the doctors make the call on treatment plan. Hey, Johnny, uh, I want to go, yeah. sorry, but I want to go back to uh, um, talking about, uh, you know, you're so, if physically you've always been so healthy. I mean, as Matthew's saying, Matthew's describing your beautiful shoulders. Um, but you, Overly generous. <laughs> but, and we've got AJ here who's uh, written a whole book about, you know, the pursuit of being healthy. Um, and Jacqueline, who was extraordinarily healthy, yes. like you were. She was a Britney Spears dancer. Yes, and then just got brain cancer. Worked for the NBA, completely she completely fit. Um, so first of all, actually, and let me... Johnny let, played, you played football, right? You were from Blue, Michigan. From high school, you got it. Yep, right. I'm from Michigan, yep, I played football in high school. Never that great of an athlete, but always loved sports. 
but I was pretty healthy my whole life. I mean, I've, you know, smoked pot twice in my life, never done drugs. <gasps> that's it. I know. I did do that. I had to admit it. But you inhaled twice. <laughs> now he just eats the brownie. Really I don't drink. I haven't drank in ten years. Not since I was diagnosed with cancer. It's been ten. So you always years. Wor- you always worked out though, or did, was there a particular physical workout routine that you started doing post cancer? You know, I always lift weights. I have three older brothers and older cousins that were wrestlers. So they got me into lifting weights at a younger age. So I always loved sports, and they showed me how to do it. It started like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. But I obviously during treatment, and I know the guys out there listening relate. You're so knocked down. I didn't work out for two full years. I yeah. was tired off chemo, wiped out. It took a long time to build back up. It was very difficult emotionally and physically. It was my lowest point, of course, was post-treatment. Um, but, you know, everybody should know this. You can totally build back up. I feel as strong today as I've ever felt. How I've changed my workout is I love intense workouts for like 40, 45 minutes. Where before I would go to the gym for like an hour or two hours, I can't be in there that long. But I'm very consistent. You know, I try to do five, six days a week and hit the gym almost every day. A little bit of cardio, a little weight, mix it up. I'm not trying to make the bears this year and trying to, you know, put on 100 pounds. But I want, you just want to be fit and you want to feel good. No question yeah. in my mind for all of us. It stimulates the endorphins. You feel better. The whole body feels better. Well, I just want to bring in AJ then. So, AJ, was there anything, I mean, sitting is bad. We know that. So you're on your treadmill now. Was there anything along your journey where people brought up anything cancer-specific, like do this and it'll prevent cancer? I mean, people talk about antioxidants and things like that. But did you did you come Shark across that? Short curve. Yeah. Did you? Oh come? yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was that was my aunt was came to my house, the one who was obsessed with toxins, and went through and sort of did a sweep to try to get rid of all the toxins. You know, she opened our refrigerator and she... It's like she, the pre-Passover yeah. trafe search. Exactly. Right. It's very similar to that. Just, no, she didn't use a feather, but right. uh, <laughs> she... Uh, yeah, so... Uh, and it is. It's a very confusing uh, area, you know. I, I spent like a month or two months just exclusively researching what the, which toxins are bad for you and which are good. And, uh, you know, I got some vague answers, but there are no black and white answers in this area. It's yeah. really uh, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. But, I, but incidentally, I will say I looked up Johnny on the Internet to admire his shoulders, and they are, they are something. <laughs> lovely, lovely to look at. Johnny's a work of art. I will say one other thing about Johnny. He, uh, I think he has a great attitude about the veganism because... Uh, that's basically my attitude. I am. I also try to eat mostly plant-based, but uh, you know, sometimes I have to be flexible. And I think that is a healthy way to approach it because uh, there's this one doctor in Colorado who coined the term orthorexia, which is uh, the it's an eating disorder where you are obsessed, unhealthily obsessed with healthy food <laughs> because you are that's all you think about, and you can't go out with friends because they're eating this garbage. So I think uh, Johnny's attitude is is very good. You got you know try to eat healthy, but sometimes you have to stray. Right, because when you were doing things to the extreme, were you a complete pain in the ass to be around? Exactly. <laughs> I was so healthy, it was not healthy. You, know, right. you don't want to go to that extreme. Right. So uh, yeah, it's true. That's a great point, AJ, and I appreciate you saying that because when it starts impeding on your social life and hanging out with friends or family, it makes it difficult because you can't eat a restaurant, you got to go down the street to get the whole foods or whatever, and they're all eating somewhere. I mean, it affects your quality of life in the moment. And also, you know, socializing with friends, 
is hugely important to your health. Like you know, having social interaction, which is what you yeah. guys, your organization is all about. Uh, sure. Exactly. That's uh, that's a, a big key to health. See, AJ's confirmed all the socializing and the drinking that this organization does. <laughs> He's been a stellar guest just for that reason alone. Johnny, but, can you can you speak to the opposite of that? We don't drink, do we? Never. These guys in New York, they don't even know how to drink. No. <laughs> no. So I have to ask Jacqueline now, having survived brain cancer and discovering our organization, did we help you drink and socialize more and you feel better? <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Although I, I haven't quite gotten my drink on enough because I'm still on chemo. So right. So we'll, give me, we'll, give we'll, me another eight weeks. We'll pop your absolute <laughs> uh, at the end gala. How many Britney Spears songs can you sing by heart right now? She's oh, not God, that I innocent. Still, I still remember the choreography. Don't make me do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too bad we don't have the visuals for the show. We'll make her do it after the I show. I wonder if video uh, blog. Are you on YouTube? Probably, probably. Oh, I think if you type me into YouTube, you'll probably get more NBA stuff than anything because we're talking, we're going back yeah. ten years. That's pretty awesome. But Britney if we type here. in Britney, we might see you in the background. Maybe. You might. Yeah. What's, yeah. You might. Slave. What is it? Slave. Oh yeah, slave. Everybody. Every, every guy in the room. Everybody is on YouTube yeah. right now. The show goes silent <laughs> except for the clacking of fingertips right, right. on keyboards. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. It's embarrassing. Oh. All right. Yeah. That's so not like what I think of, but that seems to be a hot button right. topic. Well, well, John, I'll, I'll keep talking. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> this was after your time, right? This was while I was. Yeah. While I was very much. Were you in any videos or just the live? I was in a couple of videos. What year was that? Oh, boy. Brain tumor. Um, (laughs) I was 19. It was 10 years ago. I was a sophomore in college, so that would have been 2001. Nice. Maybe. Okay. I think I just pinned it. I think that's pretty good for... uh... (laughs) Well, let's get everybody... Maybe Shima, I don't know about the YouTube videos, but Kenny, can you let's get AJ's uh, book link and his website yes. and Immerman Angels. I'll get, all right, get everything a, up in the chat room. Get a pen. For, I'll give you the folks. ISBN. The ISBN number. IBSN. Uh, it is Drop Dead Healthy by AJ Jacobs. And we'll put it in the chat room. And it's on which, Amazon. Which, when? What's the best link? Should we send them to AJ Jacobs or your, or to Amazon or what should we? The, TheBeardedWonder.com. Which either is? one? Uh, yeah, AJJacobs.com. Uh, I don't own BeardedWonder.com. I've been trying to get it. <laughs> or BeardedWonder.org. Bearded, uh, but yeah, or it's available on on Amazon for pre-order, which would uh, which is actually a huge help to authors to pre-order it. So. Uh, Feel free. I would. Uh, I will. I'll send you a basket of muffins or something. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Healthy ones. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, delicious treats, Johnny, this is kind of a non sequitur, but how do you stay healthy with a brother that has a successful cake company called <laughs> Immerman Cakes? That's right. I loved your post. Loved your post, there, Teddy. Appreciate that. My brother is launching a new company, very very close to launch right now. Actually, with my mom, called Immerman Cake Company. My mom is. Like a gourmet chef, she loves cooking, and um, they want to do a healthier version of an or- of a cake, an organic cake. So they are going to launch soon, and hopefully get this thing out there uh, across the country. But starting in Michigan, in suburban Detroit. I look forward now. to putting whipped cream vodka all over it. <laughs> we are sending free cakes unlimited to the stupid cancer crew. You know that. Excellent. So you nice. Could we have some in Vegas? That would be great. Oh, yeah. Not no, let me know. see what I can do. Let me uh, bang on some doors. I think I might be able to, to 
to, to, to right, and, and we'll add that uh, Johnny will be on a panel called Sex and Rel- No, was it Self Image, uh, Sex Relationships and um, and We've always like got that. him talking about at sex. the OMG yeah. Cancer Summit, and he's giving this uh, group workshop to two uh, 150 people twice. It's happening twice at the Playboy Club at the Palms Casino in what? Las Vegas. He'll be talking about his only child. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to go to that, I guess. Yes, yeah. you will. Back to back. I'm excited. I'll, I'll see you at the Playboy you guys Club. Asked me to do it. I'm very flattered to do it again. It, it was, a, you know, last year people asked great questions. We all have questions, you know. Like you go through cancer, you're young, you're going to have sexual questions. I mean, so it's a great thing. Dating, relationships, I mean, there's a lot of issues. So I am extremely open, as we all know. Tamika is equally as open, and of course Sage is too. So uh, we're excited for it. We're fired up. Well, this has been a great awesome. show. Great show. I'm mimicking you again. You, you have to I, stop doing is, that. But it's heartfelt. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> says, says Matt. Yeah. Says me. All right. All right, Johnny, thank you so much for coming thank on the show. We'll see you soon, buddy. Be well, everybody. Jacqueline, keep strong and chemo. AJ, good to meet you, buddy. Thanks, everybody. Take care, you everyone. You too. You too. You take care. All right. Take later, care, brother. Guys. Johnny Immerman. All right. Good man. And our in-studio guests, AJ and uh, Jacqueline, you guys are rock AJ stars. AJ Jacobs, Jacqueline Sable, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, guys. That was so much fun. So let's uh, kick it out with our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you done it again. <laughs> That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All right, everybody, that is tonight's show, our 214th broadcast. We hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at stupid cancer. We'd like to thank Mr. Kenny Kane, Dr. Reverend James Manning, and in-studio Jacqueline Stable, A.J. Jacobs, and, of course, the one and only Johnny Ehrman. All right, everybody, join us next week. We're going to be talking about teen impact at the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. And with us from there is Ruby Aura Cooperberg. She's the director of teen impact at, the, as I mentioned, the Children's Center for Cancer Blood Disease at the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. Octavio Zavala, he's program administrator for the teen impact program. Uh, David Fryer, he is the medical director of Hope Survivorship and Transition Services at the Children's Center for Cancer and Blood Diseases at CHLA. And we will also have a survivor joining us, Matthew. It's a surprise. It's a surprise survivor joining us. So join us next week, March 5th, Teen Impact for CHLA. If you've missed any of our past shows, download them all for free anytime at iTunes at iTunes.stupidcancer.com or check out the archives at stupidcancershow.com. Remember, folks, if it ain't stupid, it ain't cancer. Live from the chemo deck, on behalf of Lisa Bernhardt, myself, and the whole team here at Stu- Stu- the Stupid Cancer Show. Let's do that again. Stupid cancer, stupid cancer, stupid cancer, stupid cancer. Have a great week, folks. Uh-huh. Thanks, everybody. Good night.